1: Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Happy weekend to you. Happy that you're with us today as well. Bo Matthews in here along with uh, me, Mark Cox and Carl Middleman. Rabbit, rabbit. Love the the Led Zeppelin music this morning.
0: It's the first of the month, so you're supposed to. The first words out of your mouth are supposed to be rabbit, rabbit, rat. rabbit. Hunting rabbit, rabbit today.
4: Wisquey well, Wabbits, What do you think? I don't know what that reference is. I, I, it, I guarantee.
0: I? Look on Facebook today, and you'll see how many rabbits are everywhere. I told this to Mark several months ago, and now on the first of the month, he can't stop seeing <laughs> rabbits on his Facebook feed.
4: <laughs> okay, <laughs> oh I'll, I'll be I'll be on the lookout. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Hey, we got a great how show. it was a uh, great show for you today. I was just going to say, Bo, sorry, but I stepped on you again. I apologize for that. Uh, we've got. We're going to talk about um, uh, if you love dogs. You have an opportunity to go out and see some of the best trained police dogs in the entire state of Missouri. And you, if you're in the sound of my voice in Southern Illinois, you're welcome as well. Uh, it's an event that's going to take place over in St. Charles uh, coming up uh, next week. And uh, we're going to have all the details for you on that uh, just a little bit later in the
4: show. I do love uh, the, the canine events. I've been to some of their training before just as a as a bystander or a, a spectator, but to see them in action, oh, yeah. I mean to actually, yeah. you know, <laughs> those those videos oftentimes will go viral because the of what the they can do. Yeah. Yeah, well, no, not for me. I I I did put the ar- the arm sleeve on one time. Uh-huh. I I I did muster up the gumption to do that. And i was good after just a little bit (laughs) just
1: just for a few minutes you
4: decided you don't ever want to be chased by one right yeah it was not that padded i'm telling you uh so uh, okay so we're fresh back from well kind of fresh back from dc uh i watched some of the stuff on youtube how was your trip how was and how was the trip that nobody got to hear about on the radio how was you know the extracurricular activities that's what i want to know
0: we visited all the tourist stops. I don't know what he's talking about to Do you. Does he think he's insinuating I, something I'm else? trying to stay away from oh, that okay. part, all right, but all I'm right, telling yeah, that yeah. we yeah. saw the Washington Monument, <laughs> the Lincoln Memorial. We made a couple stops at some watering holes. We did. I think that's what he's talking
1: yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. We had a great time. We we went to DC for the put your uh, put their feet to the fire immigration event. It was designed to draw attention to despite all the noise in the country, we have Horrible problems on our southern border. Our children in this country are dying from from fentanyl cases that are being trafficked across the southern border. Human trafficking. The just the mass number of illegal aliens breaking into our country on a daily basis. And the Biden administration doesn't seem to care. They, there's just no concern on their part at all. They 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 just deny it. They're in denial. Uh, the vice president's in denial. Uh, Secretary Mayorkas is in denial. We we had great conversations with the Josh Hawley, the senator, and uh, 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 several congressmen, uh, experts from around the country, talking about hopefully what can be done if Republicans retake the House and hopefully the Senate in November to try to hold some hearings to 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 slow down this onslaught at the southern border. Because as as DeSantis and Abbott have proven directly on national TV, every state is now a border state, including Martha's Vineyard.
4: Yeah. And uh, and I bet the White House is, uh, was so happy that uh, Hurricane Ian was making its way through to uh, change the news cycle. Uh <laughs> Because it was still pretty hot just up until a few days ago, but as soon as as soon as the the hurricane started up, the hurricane you know season start getting crazy. Well, then all the focus on all the you know news channels has been about that, which has been a horrendous storm. I've got you know family down there. I don't know if you've been to southeast uh, Florida. Um, or, uh, Southwest Florida, sorry, Um, uh, Sanibel Island, their bridge got knocked out. So there's, you know, tons of people stuck there. Um, which, you know, it's still Sanibel Island. You're still in paradise, but, uh, yeah, the, 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 the crazy thing about the Martha's Vineyard uh, deal, so many memes got put out there. Um, but it just proved that, uh, you know, what's good for thee is not for me. And they moved those uh, 50 people out like in a heartbeat. I, I just couldn't believe it. They weren't even on the Island for two days.
1: It, it is uh, devastating what's happened down there, for sure. It, it's, it's been a um, distraction to some extent, uh, that and other stories. But, for example, the vice president of the United States this week went to Japan, then went to the demilitarized zone between North and South Korea, and won't spend any time at our own border. It, it's, a, it's just a, it's a fascinating uh, display of, of uh, tone deafness. On the part of this administration, there's no yeah, doubt about it.
4: and we're we're getting to a point uh, where uh, uh, Biden just the other day called out uh, a Congresswoman who had been killed a couple of months ago, uh, which I'm sure you guys talked about on your show this week. But uh, how sad of that that disrespect for that family. um, it, it I think we're seeing, you know, we're almost two years into this uh, presidency. we're We're really seeing. Uh, he, uh, the the uh, the fatigue, I think, and they're only putting him out there for like five percent of the day, um, and so we're not really seeing what's going on behind the scenes, and that's that's pretty scary, especially since you know you see the uh, clips of who's second in line and who's third in line.
1: Yeah, yeah, it it, it is uh, concerning to to watch that. I I don't know what happens next. I mean, the White House wants to act like there's not a problem there. Uh, the 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 biggest problem with the uh, congresswoman walarski debacle this week where he he called out to her in the audience unaware apparently the fact that she had passed away in an auto accident a month earlier this has drawn the attention of other members of the media that up to this point have denied this uh, senility issue that's going on with joe biden they've acted like it's not there and it, it's they can't ignore it anymore. You you can't ignore it anymore. Now, I don't know what happens next, because to your point, the second choice is potentially even worse. And then she would get to appoint the her own vice president. Can you imagine? Mm. Kamala, I, I, Harris. I didn't know uh, the Kamala Harris, Cory Booker administration would potentially be worse than the Biden Harris administration, because that's what
4: would happen. I want- I wonder if that's ever happened in the history of the country, where or somebody has died and then the second in charge. Do they just get to pick who they want? Uh, I believe that's the case. I, I've heard Gavin Newsom's name pop up Ugh. just in the last, like, 48 hours. Seriously. I don't think she'd
1: want the competition. Now, they're friends, so maybe that is a little different scenario. But um, we're not talking about somebody who's who's a, a forward thinker in Kamala Harris. Um, maybe maybe I'm being I'm being kind there I'm being as kind as I can but I don't think she'd want somebody who seems as devious as Gavin Newsom in the VP slot I maybe I'm wrong about that she gets Cory Booker she's got somebody she can control so to speak um and there's a historic nature to that if she and I think that would attract her to that idea that, that's a frightening scenario <laughs> Dude, well it, but. It really but, is.
4: but yeah, the but the left side of the aisle all uh, feel the same way about the Second Amendment and want to dice it up and slice it up and uh, it it it's just writing. And this show is Second Amendment radio on the Great Outdoors. Uh, switch gears here, Mark, real quick. Did you hear about this couple in Houston? They usually go online and they buy you know mystery boxes. They buy all kinds of stuff, um, and they uh, they actually bought what looked to be like uh, gun cases or or boxes, uh, never thinking there would be firearms in there. But they're in Houston. They bought 108 empty gun cases from a military surplus website. There's actually a great military surplus equipment uh, company out in Washington, Missouri. Joe Thatcher leads that company. He started uh, trading like deuce and a half trucks at 18 years old. He was was actually at a mud event. Somebody walked up and says, hey, I want to buy that truck from you. He sold it, and now he has MidwestMilitaryEquipment.com. It's a great company, but there's companies out there that do sell decommissioned stuff. Well, inside these boxes, instead of what they thought of being empty, it held a dozen M16-style military rifles complete with military tracking tags, meaning who who you know used these guns in war, all this stuff, and it just shows up. What did the couple do? They called ATF. And guess what? They knocked down their door, and they, they went and they, they did a whole search of their house and everything. And they were, they were doing the right they thing. They got
1: punished for doing the right thing. <laughs> yeah. Right?
4: Yeah. It it seems like it. Uh yeah. So th- that case, it, it just the, the story just kind of baffles me because I, you never know what you're going to buy on the Internet. But
1: I've not I had not seen that. But I will tell you a disturbing trend. Like if you are a supporter of the Second Amendment, this is what irritates me so much about uh, the the, the uh, uh, holier than now group uh, who want to ban guns. They want to they, they first of all, they think criminals are going to pay attention to the law, which they don't in the first place. They also ignore the fact that People who legally buy and sell weapons, um, trade weapons, whatever the case may be, are law-abiding citizens first and foremost. Uh, and and that that's at the end of the day, that's the story here, right? You, I don't want somebody who's doing this illegally. I don't want somebody who's selling guns to somebody that shouldn't have them. Nobody I know wants that, and I don't do it, and I don't know anybody who does do that. I wouldn't I wouldn't associate with anybody who does. There has been a trend of course you know Facebook doesn't allow weapon sales. They don't uh, right but you can sell gun cases and, and and what's been a trend that's been going on on social media recently is somebody will say look, I've got this nice uh, Glock case uh, and, but they want650 dollars for it <laughs> which is your first indication what they're actually doing is selling you the gun but they' they're, wow, okay. they're, they're the, online all you see is a picture of the case. Right, right. It happens. It And and uh, I had somebody who stumbled upon that fact accidentally because they wanted to buy a gun case for their spouse. And then when they got into the negotiations, they realized it was more than just a case.
4: Pretty sneaky. It? it
1: is pretty sneaky. But the point is, still the, illegal. People story, <laughs> illegal. the people in your story, it's illegal. Well, it's not illegal to do private. It's, it's illegal to do it on Facebook. It's not illegal for me to sell you a gun, Bo. I just need to know when I do it that you don't have a felony record. I need to ask you that question, because if I sell a gun to somebody who's not allowed to have it, I'm I'm legally responsible for that.
4: Right. So right. Those, laws this is are, the, uh,
1: those laws are already in place. This is the so-called loophole they want to claim happens at gun shows.
4: Yeah. Uh, but and there and is
1: still criminal responsibility for that if you sell a gun to somebody who's not supposed to have it.
4: I was going to point out that uh, those parking lot deals at gun shows that that happen. I mean, you don't know who you're selling to. I think I shared with you a couple of weeks, or a couple of months ago that uh, my wife and I headed out uh, 44, and we came across a flea market, and a guy was actually selling firearms on his like flea market table. Yeah, you can do that, but but they were like three, four, five hundred dollars more than what they really should be going for. Okay, well, but he was a gun dealer at a flea market, right? You know, right. and you don't know who you're selling to. That's that's the other thing. Well, but, but you're supposed anyways, to. You're supposed to. <laughs> you're, you're, you're well, supposed no, no. But to.
1: the point is, you're you're supposed to. And and it, you know, if you're going to sell a gun to somebody, you need to get the copy their ID, and you need to make you need to ask them whether or not they're legally able to have a gun. And then that absolves you of your responsibility if they've lied about it and you've got uh, the bill of sale to them. That's not your responsibility anymore.
4: Right. It's it's on them at that point. Correct. Right. Well, if you want to uh, roll the dice and see if you can get some uh, full boxes that should be empty, go to GovPlanet. <laughs> that's their that's their hub for government agencies and military to sell unwanted equipment. Uh, and th- they just have a bunch of stuff. But I just think it's uh, ironic that hours Man. after the couple filed that report with the FBI, the ATF went to their house with a warrant to uh, search uh, their storage unit uh, where those gun cases were stored. Just
1: amazing. Instead of the Luck company of the they got them from, Right.
4: Yeah, <laughs> Somebody yeah, exactly. screwed
1: up, obviously. So on my <laughs> show this week on 2A Tuesday, we covered the um, the story with the state of Florida. Remember, remember uh, these uh, credit card companies have been pressured by the woke mob yes. to start putting codes on purchases made at gun stores, supposedly so they can track if you're buying ammo or a lot of guns or something like that. And I don't know who they're reporting that to. That'd be my next question. I think it's about it's a load of crap. But Florida the Florida's attorney general came forward and said, um, hello, you're not doing that in Florida. You're you what you're doing is violating the second amendment rights because you're creating a registry and you're not you if you do that, you're not going to do business in Florida." That's enough to get their attention. They're not going to give up all of that credit card revenue in Florida. So hopefully a bunch of other states have signed a letter to these credit card companies suggesting the same thing if this is going to be your approach you're not doing business here that's Absolutely. what it's going to take to 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 make these companies wake up and realize that they're buying into the wrong narrative here period
4: and a lot of companies during covid uh, and black lives matter they all jumped on that same bandwagon just to check a box and it really was uh it was, it was kind of disheartening, but, you know, does that does that move the needle enough for you, Mark, to not use that particular credit card because that company is doing or it, trying it, to do this? It would, but, I mean— It's you all know, of
1: them. Not, I mean, you could just go to say, I'm just going to go pay cash if you're worried about yes. them doing that. It, it is irritating. I mean, at the end of the day, though, there's only a certain number of companies. Like, if Visa's doing it or MasterCard's doing it, there are a bunch of companies that issue Visa and MasterCard cards— Right. How do you decide which one's doing it and which one's not? That's that's the problem with it. I don't know. I mean, pay cash. You pay cash. We got to just go into that locker full of cash that you've got in the back of your house and just pay cash for <laughs> or it, or get a cash advance a and pay card. it off. Yeah, one of the two, I guess. See, you can there do are it loopholes for everything, gentlemen.
4: Yeah, you can jump. You can jump through those hoops to get it done. But, still but, in Missouri and Florida.
1: That's true, but law-abiding citizens are not looking for loopholes. <laughs> no, we abide by the law. We don't like these backdoor tactics to create a registry of some sort. Hey, uh, tell you what, coming up here in just a couple minutes, we're going to talk to some folks who are hosting an, an out a great outdoors dinner, where just for a very low price ticket. You get a door prize. You could win a four-wheeler. You could win kayaks. they got all kinds of stuff, mountain bikes, and it's coming up uh, in about a week. And we're going to have all the details on that for you, uh, along with uh, where these uh, police dogs are going to be training straight ahead on Second Amendment Radio and The Great Outdoors. We'll be right back.
4: It is Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors alongside Mark Cox. I am Bo Matthews. Carl Middleman, our (coughs) executive producer of this show. There he is. This segment is brought to you by Razorback Armory, where they feature Mantis X. Mantis X is a a really cool uh, training uh, gadget that you can uh, affix to your firearm and become more accurate, like 94% more accurate within 20 minutes. And you're saving money by not, uh, you know, blowing off ammo at the range. You can do it right there in your home, your backyard. Check it out and uh, get a demonstration at Razorback Armory in DePere. Find their address. Meet the guys at Razorback by going to RazorbackArmory.com. This segment uh, is really cool. You know, I've always been a fan of police officers because I wanted to be one. And my dad was like, you're not the police officer material. I'm like, okay. Um, (laughs) He's not the one to say. uh, no, he is. I, I was going to go in the military like he did. And he goes, yeah, you're not military material. And I said, well, what about law enforcement? Wow. He goes, that's yeah, kind of the same thing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I appreciated the honesty because it's true. Um, <laughs> but I've always been a huge supporter of law enforcement and really, really uh, a huge fan of, of canine officers and uh, we have Officer Allen from the St. Charles Police Department uh, on the line to join us on Second Amendment Radio to talk about an event coming up. And mad respect for what you do, Officer Allen. How are you? Great, thanks. Thanks for having me on this morning. I appreciate it. How long have you been in that line uh, in that in that category of law enforcement? Canine.
5: So I've been uh, in the law enforcement for 28 years, and I've been handling and training dogs for the last
4: 15 years. Wow. Well, thank you for your service.
5: Yeah, I love
1: that. Uh, so, what you guys have coming up is a public canine demonstration. I, you know, I, I know the public—they see you walking around with the dog, they see the dog in the car. Maybe sometimes, probably don't have a great appreciation for what what all is involved in this, do they?
5: No, there's a lot of training that goes into handling these dogs. They're just a like great ass, asset to the department, and they can just do tremendous things.
4: And, uh, and, and uh, what got you, were you voluntold to uh, get into the canine uh, world, or, uh, or or was that something that you desired to do? No, it's definitely
5: something that I desire to do. I just have loved being around dogs all my life, and watching the dogs the first couple of years, and when I started law enforcement, that's just something that I really wanted to do, and for me, working dogs is very therapeutic.
4: Well, I think it's really important for people to see this in action. I've uh, I've worked with uh, some law enforcement agencies where they've done some of the canine training, and it's impressive. Of course, they've offered, Mark, they've offered me to put on the suit. Shucks, it didn't fit, so I couldn't get in there. <laughs> tell, tell us what's going on, Officer Allen, uh, for everybody to come out and see.
5: So the St. Charles Police Department is hosting the Missouri Police Canine Association workshop uh, next week. And Wednesday of the workshop, we're hosting the public demonstration from 4 to 8 o'clock at Blanchett Park. And we're going to be demonstrating all the special things that these dogs can do. We're really going to show off their skills. That's a great time for people to come out, see what the dogs can do. I'm going to have uh, about 50 dog teams from across the state of Missouri there. So, so it's just going to be a great event. It's going to be good weather. So I just need people to bring like, a lawn chair, a blanket, come on out, enjoy things, and uh, we're going to have some food trucks there. It's just going to be great.
1: Yeah, that uh, Blanchett Park's at 1900 West Randolph, uh, if people are wondering. It's from 4 to 8 uh, next Wednesday, October 5th. So I hope people can get out there. So uh, we're talking to uh, Officer Dan Allen from the St. Charles Police Department. So, so Officer, tell us, uh, I, you know, I've seen the dogs all the time. I've certainly met a few of them over the years. Did, are they all German Shepherds? They, they, I mean, it strikes me that the majority are. Am I wrong about that?
5: Several of the German Shepherds are, are used, but we also use Belgian Malinois, and so we use German Shorthair Pointers, and we do have some Labrador Retrievers as well.
1: Wow. So, well, what's the difference in your opinion? Do you have, do you have a preference when it comes to breed? What, what uh, really makes a, a good canine dog?
5: We really look at the drives of the dogs when we go look and test these dogs before we bring them back to the department to train them up. So it just depends on the, the uh, drive of the dog, a good fit for the department, the community. So we look at a number of different things before we select the dog to bring them back and train them up.
1: I know it can't be cheap. I mean, what what's the training process?
5: So generally, uh, the training starts as I will go with our handler to select the dog, and we generally go to Shallow Creek Kennels where I went to get my certification to become a trainer. That's in Pennsylvania. And the price of a dog can generally range anywhere from seven dollars to $10,000. And that's generally a green dog. That means the dog has very little training. We bring the dog back, and we have him train at Boone County Sheriff's Department for a process of about eight weeks. which so is a basic canine tra- uh, handler course. And then they come back to the department, and I do the basic maintenance training every other week with the dogs.
4: Yeah, it's always fascinated me, Officer Allen, and uh, we really appreciate you joining us on Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors. This is an outdoor event. Uh, when it comes to the actual dogs, though, uh, I, I don't know if you know the name Jim Worm. Uh, he was in St. Louis City Police for many years, knew him for a long time, I knew him for 20 years, had no idea he was a canine officer. And at that point, I thought, you know, I, I guess I, re- I really don't know some of these guys, but he had, I think, three dogs throughout his long career in St. Louis City. And a lot of people don't realize that the dog comes home with you, I believe. Uh, and then once they retire, they, they, they oftentimes will stay with their officer. Yeah.
5: Yeah, that's, that's, that's correct. I've handled two dogs over my career and uh, uh, both of them ended up staying with me. I have my second retired dog at my house now. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, when we spend that much time with the dogs 24 seven, pretty much. And uh, they're definitely going to come home with us when they retire.
1: Well, and they're taught a a certain skill set, right? I mean, that you, better than anyone, understands how to uh, work with that dog and and, uh, treat it the right way.
5: Yes, absolutely. That dog gets used to being bonded with the handler. So we're kind of the pack leader, so it's a dog gets used to being with us.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. Are, are there any like good stories you can tell us? Like, what, what is your what what's your uh, you know an experience you've had with some of these dogs that that make them so valuable to your line of work?
5: I can tell you the last uh, great story that I can remember off the top of my head is one of the uh, guys that I train. I have four dogs at our department and four young handlers that I trained, mentor and coach. And uh, we had a big pursuit coming down I-70 with a stolen vehicle. Uh, the vehicle, we, got, we were able to get um, some stops, uh, spike strips out, and get the tires deflated on the vehicle. The vehicle came to a stop just uh, east of Blanchet Bridge there, and two uh, suspects bailed out on foot. Uh, we got our canine handler down there with a the dog and, we're able to track down both suspects. So it's just great to get those guys off the street. It makes the community that much safer knowing that these guys are off the street.
4: Yeah, I think most people, uh, most civilians would probably think, oh, you know, the canine officer, the dog, uh, is great for chasing down bad guys, but do you guys also do, uh, you know, uh, do your dogs or do service dogs that work with law enforcement also do, uh, you know, drug sniffing or cadaver sniffing? Uh, do they do they do all those specialized uh, areas?
5: Yes. Yeah, so, at our department, like I said, we have four dogs, and they're all trained to, and certified in narcotics detection, so... They get
1: used quite a bit. Yeah, Uh, sadly, no no fooling the nose. I'm sure
5: (laughs) (laughs) they have tremendous, uh, great noses (laughs) and just do a great job.
4: Well, I I understand that it's uh, you know when a when a a canine uh, officer is on duty, it's not like uh, you can just walk up like a a regular therapy animal or a service uh, like a service ostrich that Mark Cox carries around with him. (laughs) Um, You 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 can't approach and walk uh, and and you know like pet them like off. You know, just you know, walking up to them, right? I mean, you have to you have to respect that they're on the job.
5: Yeah, you always got to respect that they're on the job. You know, you always want to ask the canine officer, "Hey, can I come up and ask you some questions about the dog?" And they'll be glad to talk to you. And if the dogs nice and social, but ours are, for the most part. You know, you'll be able to pet the dog if the officer tells you to do so. Yeah. Rule
1: number one when approaching any dog, right? To ask the owner first before you put your hand down there.
4: Right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Or a therapy ostrich. (laughs) <laughs> a therapy ostrich
1: it's a pot-bellied pig can you can you oh, sorry, that right? come
4: on so so at this event on october 5th uh at Blanchet park will people will the civilians that are there to spectate will they get a chance to interact maybe get a photo uh with the the dogs and, and the officers that are going to be doing this or, or is it going to be more separated
5: No, at the end of the demonstration, I'll uh, invite everybody to come onto the field, meet with the officers and some of the dogs and things like that, get some photos. And, uh, yeah, we'll definitely interact with everyone.
1: Well, cool. It's coming up uh, next Wednesday, the 5th of October. 4 to 8 p.m. St. Charles City there at uh, at Blanchett Park, 1900 West Randolph. There'll be food trucks out there. The SWAT and Metro Air are going to show up at the event. And then, as you heard Officer Allen say, 40 to 50 different police K nine teams from all over the state of Missouri. That ought to be something to see. Uh, Officer Allen, thank you so much for your time.
5: Great. Thanks for having me on this morning. I really appreciate it. You Just bet. Have a great day.
1: Yeah, you too. Great, great to meet you. Thanks for your service. We, we certainly appreciate that. That's good. You know, Dad, good. I, I've got, I've got. Uh, in fact, one friend who, who's retired now as a police officer, but he has been involved in uh, dog training. And what some of these animals can do is absolutely incredible. They're so intelligent um, that that you you're just shocked when you when you watch what they can do.
4: Well, like anybody that uh, goes to the you know the pound and gets a dog, they think, oh, I'm going to train this dog, <laughs> and it never works well, out. Then they're just a somewhat. couch dog. Yeah. Well, right, but uh, but these canine officers—it's almost like they're on remote control. They're so they're so impressive. Oh, I love it, uh, and and a little scary too.
1: You know, we went to Ireland a couple years ago, twenty nineteen, and and at, at somebody's recommendation near the Ring of Kerry, we booked a tour at a at a working sheep farm there in Ireland, and part of the tour was watching them give commands, I don't know if they were speaking Gaelic or what, to these dogs. They could yell one word at them. The dogs were almost 100 yards away. They knew exactly what to do. They would lay down. They would stand up. Watching these dogs work in tandem, uh, d- drawing this herd of sheep around this field, it was an amazing thing to watch. And those dogs can cost $25,000, $30,000. dollars the are really good ones. are really expensive. Yeah, yeah.
4: Yeah, I uh, I actually had a friend out in California uh, that bought a security dog, and it was it was from some movie star that the the movie star whoever that was and the dog just didn't get along, and I think it was like you said, I think it was thirty thousand dollars still for this dog to become their pet and protector in their home, uh, you know, rich people problems. Yeah, you know? yeah, but yeah, yeah.
1: Problems we don't have to worry about. <laughs> that, that's good because we work in radio. That's uh, that's for sure. Well.
4: <laughs> That's certainly going to be a great outdoor event Wednesday October 5th at Blanchette Park from 4 to 8 bring the whole family out in uh, St. Charles and uh, enjoy all that they have to offer including food trucks which is awesome. Should be uh, fun. But we've got more we got more of the show coming up uh and uh, we hope you stick around our next segment uh we've got another outdoor event we're going to talk about with a senior associate pastor Brad East from the First Baptist Church of Arnold next on Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors.
1: Little lead for the head, how about that, Carl Middleton on uh, Second Member Radio in the Great Outdoors?
0: Custard pie, you know
1: where you get pie, Mark? You get pie at outdoor dinners, don't you, Carl? You do. Last time I checked, there's a great one coming up. We want to let you know about. On the tenth uh, of October, we talk about the Great Outdoors here, and uh, they're going to uh, have a Great Outdoors dinner down in Arnold coming up on October 10th. We have uh, Associate Pastor Brad East from the First Baptist Church of Arnold on the phone right now. And uh, Pastor, welcome aboard. How are you? Hey, good morning, man. Doing well today. Thanks for asking. Absolutely. I'm in here along with uh, Bo Matthews and wanted to, you know, we talk about the great outdoors all the time. We love this idea. What are you guys doing down there?
2: Yeah, we're excited to welcome in a good friend of ours from Wichita Falls, Texas, who's an avid hunter and fisherman. His name's Jay Louder. He's been featured on ESPN Outdoors and Jimmy Houston Outdoors. He's going to come in on October 10 from 630 to 8 in our banquet center and uh, around a wonderful meal with amazing door prizes and all that. But the truth is, Jay is just going to share some of the things that he has learned through his years of uh, hunting and also share a little bit about his life that's been changed by Jesus Christ. So an exciting time to share both of his passions.
4: Yeah, I was hopeful uh, uh pastor that uh, that would be part of the uh, presentation because uh earlier this year I was at the prayer breakfast in Eureka and met a, a pilot that was supposed to fly on 911 in 2001 and didn't and he was able to share how God had worked in his life. And so, uh what can you give us a teaser uh about Jay and his story?
2: Yeah, so Jay's one of those guys that uh didn't quote grow up in church. In fact, he had a pretty rough, turbulent life and uh, through a different uh, path that a lot of people have in a stable house home. He didn't have that, and he came up to the place where he uh, came to a, a crossroads, if you will, just uh, I need to settle this once and for all. Who am I trusting with my present, my future? And uh, his life changed when he came to Jesus Christ in a real and explainable way, And that's what he wants to share with others, that what happened to me is something that can indeed, should you choose, happen to you. And it'll be exciting to hear that. But he's got some great hunting and fishing stores and other things. that will be a real tie-in to all of that. Plus, I'm telling you guys, we've got some amazing door prizes. Like, we've got a a four-wheeler. We've got two high-end kayaks. We've got bait casters and backpacks. We've got a bunch of stuff. Really, we're incentivizing it because we want hundreds of people to come and hear the good news.
1: Well, yeah, and I mean, I think that's fantastic. Where did the great outdoors dinner idea come from? Is something you've done for a number of years, or is this the first time?
2: Well, you know what? It's interesting. Jay Louder himself has done what he would call beast feasts, and he's done these in churches that are primarily men's events. And we said, you know, Jay, let's go a different direction. We want to include hunters and fishermen, but let's get Outdoor enthusiasts. Let's get men and women. Let's get teenagers. Let's get people who want to hear about the great outdoors. Uh, So they could be backpackers. They could be hikers. They could be, uh, you know, just outdoors people, runners, uh, all of that. So we're trying to get people who love to be outdoors to come indoors for those 90 minutes and just have a great time.
4: Well, I I have been to uh, First Baptist Church of Arnold and I've got some friends that uh, are in the upper echelon of that church, Uh, but it's all a great big family. Uh, I I actually have to tell you, I saw the ad in The Leader and that's what alerted me, and I, I sent it to uh-huh. Carl Middleman, our producer. I said, "Hey, can you can you make this connection and, and get you on? Uh, because you guys do a lot of different things. Uh, but the the Great Outdoors it just it kind of struck me because I was like, hold on, they're giving away a kayak and a four wheeler <laughs> and a mountain bike, and I was like, I know some people that would enjoy that. And then my my second thought, I have to be honest with you, if you've ever seen the movie The Freshman um uh do you remember the, the 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 mafia movie they brought people they brought a m- bunch of men in and they were going to be they walked this tiger through this you know secret dinner and they ended up feeding him chicken but everybody at the dinner thought <laughs> that it was the tiger that they were uh so my question is about the the food that you're going to be serving at this event is it is it going to be like elk or you know squirrel or anything in between
2: well, that's a great question. We're just going to go with some good old catfish, and we've got a lot of uh, pork, barbecued pork, and uh, all okay. the sides, the corn, the the great desserts, the beverages. So, but yeah, the two mains I think are the uh, fried catfish, and then also the uh, the pulled pork, the pork uh, barbecue, and so. Yeah, it'll be a great, great dinner. I told someone, I said, hey, man, it sounds expensive at $15 a ticket, but truth is the meal itself's worth that, and then you've got opportunities <laughs> to win 20 or more of these giveaways. So it'll be a great time.
4: Mark, I just want to put your mind at ease. Your therapy pig is not the one providing the meat. No, for the you sure? Pork. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, yeah. Uh, little, little running joke there, uh,
1: Pastor East. I, I have sorry to tell about you. That. Yeah, that, that. that's okay. That's okay. The fish, however, I, I do appreciate. Right, right, Bo. Big fish. Big fish. Big fish. That's big right. Fish. That's, that's right. Uh, old old nickname. Let's put it that way.
4: Yeah, this is fantastic. Do you have a capacity? I'm sorry. Do you have a capacity for the event?
2: Yeah, we're capping it at 500. And I think right now our ticket sales are pushing 300, but we've got about a week. We're extending it out to October 5 on the deadline. And uh, hey, yeah, so we're 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 praying that we'll have as many as 500. That's the cap, but uh, we'll see where we end up. It's going to be exciting.
1: Hey, you know what? A a door ticket prize with a one in 500 chance of winning a four wheeler. You that that's still pretty good odds. I'm hoping that uh, I agree. A lot of people show up. Those things are hard to find these days. You if you, you, you pre-owned <laughs> new well, whatever.
2: Yeah, and the odds are really better than that because none of our staff, pastors, church church uh, staff, and people can, can even win. So it's really everyone else. So really the odds are pretty good. I have to agree with you on that.
1: Yeah, it should be good. Uh, 6.30 to 8 on the 10th of October at the Banquet Center there at the First Baptist Church in Arnold. For people who aren't familiar with where you're located, uh, tell them where it is, Pastor.
2: Yeah, great question. We're right there at 55 and 141 uh, here in Jefferson County just when you cross over from South County uh 141 right there you'll see the church we're high up on a hill so you'll see it right away uh we're actually 2012 missouri state road is the actual proper address but we're right off of 141 and 55
4: yeah tickets are all right 50. senior associate i'm sorry go ahead i was
1: just going to say tickets are 15 bucks and people can go to fbcarnold.org uh and find out more details fbcarnold.org yeah.
2: That's correct. Yeah. And listen, we've asked people to buy them in twos because bring someone that you think might enjoy this. So uh, yeah, thank you for that.
4: You bet. Good deal. (laughs) Senior Associate Pastor Brad East from First Baptist Church of Arnold and their great outdoors dinner, October 10th at their banquet center. Do not miss out on this event. Thanks for joining us, sir. Thank you, man. Enjoyed the conversation.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you for your time. We we do appreciate having you on. That's fantastic. Yeah, when I when I worked at Channel Four for all those years, uh, Bo, a good friend down there, Stan was a, a hunter, fisher, uh, a killer of all things. Uh, you know, in terms of game, and once a year, sometimes twice a year, he would have a, he'd just provide a, a, a banquet for us. He'd fill up the whole conference table. You were never quite sure what you're eating, but uh, it, it was good stuff. Kill it and grill it is what I <laughs> called it.
4: Love that! Yeah, it was uh, what a was what was the place? What was the place out on? Was it Pond, Missouri? Uh, Big Chief Dakota Grill? Yeah. Is that what it it's, was? Yeah, still there, I think. They did a bunch of exotic. Or they used to. They may still do a bunch of exotic, like bison and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm willing to try almost anything, but uh, you know, except when you get into the organ thing, I can't I can't do a yeah, lot
1: of organs. I I I, I I I can't eat frog legs. Isn't that weird? It's a oh, it's a bad really? experience I had as a kid because. Um, the, 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 my grandmother decided to buy them and cook them herself. Ooh. And I watched. And, you know, they kind of kick around in the pan, those involuntary <laughs> reflexes when you're cooking them. And I couldn't bring myself to I had the same I thing. just couldn't do it. I know it tastes like chicken, but
0: I couldn't do it. My grandmother had them in a... A pitcher of like a Kool-Aid pitcher. And uh. and they were soaking because they were getting ready. But and I thought it was, oh wow, my grandma finally got some Kool-Aid and I poured the water and the in and Well no, I didn't know what it was and it ta- I'm like, Grandma, why does this Kool-Aid taste horrible? And she said, Oh, those are frog legs soaking. And so
1: <laughs> sorry.
4: That's so bad. That's so bad. <laughs> One of
1: the very few things I won't eat. Uh, we've just talked about there. That's it. Chicken uh, th- feet. You know,
4: my 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 hard limit is uh, is beef tongue. I, mm. I've never. My grandma made me eat it when I was a kid because uh, you know back in the day they didn't waste a thing. No. Nope. But I could never get across through my mind to to try and taste something that could taste me back. I was <laughs> out. couldn't do
1: it. <laughs>
4: chicken feet, Mark?
1: No. No, I like chicken foot, but the band. Like, yes, yeah, I don't like chicken feet. Thank you. Oh, Carl. Jesus. I appreciate that. That's good stuff. All righty. Boys? Yes.
4: Are we done? Yeah, I we think are. so.
1: That'll do it for Second this Amendment edition Radio. of uh, Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors. That's Bo Matthews. I'm Mark Cox. Carl Middleman over here. Hi. We appreciate you spending some time with us this weekend. We'll see you next time around.
4: See you, boys.
3: at 971talk.com All-Star Closer Kenley Jansen we have a question What's the best podcast of all time?